Thank you for joining us on this episode of Circle of Trades. I'm Todd Studer in studio today. Travis Waldstein, Air Surf Heating and Air Conditioning in Council Bluffs. Well, as we are recording this, the weather hasn't been horrible, Travis, but I think it's not going to stay that way. It's about to get swamp ass hot. So <laughs> call it for what it is. So, uh, so it's about as hot as I was when Abby screwed up my podcast. Post the other <laughs> oh yeah. Day. So if if no one noticed, uh, the episode that we released with Tyler on it. Uh, was actually the, the audio that was in there for the first day was the next episode yeah. <laughs> with Elisa. <laughs> so. Yeah. Details, you know, something I think her head's in Denmark or you yeah. know, Dublin, you, you know. Listen, she she does such great work around here. I'm going to give her one screw up. It just happened yeah. to be yours. Yeah, well, of course it's going to be mine. <laughs> Who else would it be? That's how this works. So so, so when she's editing this later and I'm calling her out for it, she'd be like, oh, he got to let this go for nothing. <laughs> no, no. He, and I let her know that you know, like, when Travis gets here, just prepare yourself yep. and, and just sit back and take it <laughs> yep and then she's gonna listen later she's like really that's where he went with this of course yeah she's as she's combing through this and getting it all ready for distribution she's gonna be listening to this too so yeah. uh the folks out in the uh southwestern part of the country have been inside of a uh, easy bake oven out there oh in the southwest Southeast, uh, we got franchises down in, in Texas, Tennessee, Florida, where the numbers, I mean, you think 100 degrees, but we're talking 110, 115. There's an air serve outside of Mesa last week. He posted it was like 118 degrees outside. 118. 118. Are uh, air conditioners designed for that kind of heat? Well, you, you got to put, you got to think about it this way. So generally your air conditioner in most homes is designed to drop your house 20 degrees you know, 20, 25 max. So okay. if it's 95 outside, you could keep it at 70, but if you want to keep it at 65, not going to happen, not going to happen. It'll run all the time. The house won't feel bad. So when you hit that extreme temperature, 115, 117, listen, I hate to say this, you know, I don't want your house to be a hundred degrees, but it's probably going to be 85, close to 90 in that hot part of the day. So at that point, you're just trying to get yourself out of the danger zone. Well, really. yeah, you put your reflectors down, you know, your screens on your windows, you know, you just, you kind of try to bury yourself into a dark hole is the best way to describe it. You know, if you're in an apartment complex, sometimes you do, but if you got one of these big houses, you know, out in the middle of a big subdivision and you got this big blue thing called a pool out back that just <laughs> absorbs heat and everything else, I mean... I don't know how people do it. I, I'm sorry. I can only take so many clothes off. <laughs> so I'm just throwing that out there. I, so I, I don't know. There's reasons I live north of the Mason-Dixon line. I'll put it to you that way. Now, we're not going to get that kind of heat, but we are going to uh, get a lot more heat. And what does that mean for this area? You know, usually the last five years, generally what's happened is May's been fairly mild, but you'll get close to Memorial Day. And maybe a week before, or right after Memorial Day, and you'll hear, well, it's going to be 95, 96, and, you know, the humidity is going to start creeping up. So early June, you'll have the, the temperature, but not necessarily the humidity. Everybody's noticed it's been cooler, but the humidity's been up. And, and a lot of that's the corn tasseling. I mean, the corn tasseling growing. If you looked at your yards at home, I mean, a month ago, everybody's yards was dead because we got no rain. 
Now we've had some rain. I mean, I gra- I've got grass that is three foot tall that I weed whacked three weeks ago down to the nub. It's got some moisture and it's taken off. Well, all them plants, all that stuff raises the humidity, as they say, it makes the corn grow. But everybody's felt it. But what we haven't had is the July temperatures, you know, the 95, 96, 97. So now that we're going to see that next week, um, and I'm not sure for how long. I mean, it shows it out for a week. You know, they've been dealing with it for two months, you know, down there. So it could be a case we get into last week of July. It could last well in August where it's going to finally feel like summer. You know, not 100% unusual, but usually we don't have the mild summer we have and hit like this is going to next week. So that'll be interesting to see, you know, how things react, how people react. Usually this time of year, things break, and when they break, they break big. So this is probably time more than ever, filters, clean coils, you know, making sure that, you know, if, if your house is prone to get warm, that you have, uh, you know, your um, your blinds, your curtains, that kind of stuff, because you're going to know it. There's no doubt about it. So that, that air conditioning unit that's outside, you want to make sure that it's clean. Absolutely. Because it's going to breathe better. Yep. And also, how often does it happen that you get a phone call? that? Because uh, you talked about how an air conditioner is designed to lower the temperature, but if it gets too hot, it's not going to take it down to where it usually is. Mm-hmm. Your customer or your client or maybe somebody new thinks that, well, there's something wrong because I can't get this. I can't get the house down to 68 degrees or wherever mm-hmm. it is that they keep it. Is that a, is that a call that you get? Um, when it gets into the extremes above 95, yeah, we get we get that call. Um, especially got one customer that wants to have it 67 degrees in his house. I, he'll name nameless, but uh, that's when he wants his bedroom. And it's like okay, but we had to really oversize his unit to be able to make that happen. The problem is when you oversize the the equipment, you could drop the temperature, but it doesn't pull the humidity out. So you can't just put in a bigger unit because it'll cycle on, cycle off. And everybody thinks when it's 95 degrees, well, the AC needs to cycle off. It needs a break. No. You know, do you shut your car off every 15 miles because your car is getting, you know, worn out? You know, I mean, you're on a 500-mile trip. No, you you continue to go. So, and when it's extremely hot, we want the equipment to run. That's what it's designed to do. And, uh, you know, because there's a whole part of it, the humidity, you know, the temperature drop, you know, and just the condition of the home. It's when you hit the extremes is where finite things, when I say finite things, the little things can sometimes come back and bite any HVAC contractor technician. Um, you know, usually charge for the refrigerant or freon charge is critical. Airflow is critical, you know, because if, if you're getting too much air or too little air across the indoor coil, that can affect performance issues. Obviously, if the outdoor unit is dirty, that can affect, you know, that can affect it as well. Um, I don't get as excited about the side of the house it sits on. Some people say, well, if it sits on the west side of the house, you should have a screen. It doesn't hurt to have protection if it's there, but I've put lots of air conditioners on the west side of the house. And not had a problem. So, you know, at the end of the day, but if you do the maintenance things and you understand what your house is like, you know, you shouldn't have a problem. But if you call me, it's 98 degrees and you're not 65 in your house, I'm going to say sucks to be you. <laughs> what about uh, 
What about the guys you got working for you that you know that if there's a problem, they're going to be out there in that heat? Or have you been talking to them and getting them ready for it? I, we actually talked about it yesterday. I mean, here, here's the thing you worry about dehydration. Uh, be worried about heat exhaustion, heat stroke. If you've never had it, it's no bullshit. You know, I mean, you start cramping up, you know, lots of fluids, you know, talk to guys about water, Gatorade. And you don't just drink what Gatorade, you just don't drink water. You need to have a mix. Because if you get too much of one or the other, Gatorade can make you really sick if that's all you're drinking. Your power drinks are not good, you know. So if you're drinking like Red Bull or whatever the, you know, whatever the Pepsi or Coke drink of the day is. You know, even coffee, you know, this when it's 100 degrees, hot coffee doesn't taste nearly as good as when it's minus 10. And so, you know, your caffeine intake. So... Plus, you have to remember to eat at some point, too. And usually when you're going and it's hot and and whatever, it takes a toll. And so, you know, having cold drinks, water, you know, coolers, and air conditioner working in your van, you know, it's 100 degrees and you're writing your ticket up for your service call. If you're not running the air conditioner in your van, why not? I'm going to save a buck in gas, but at least you won't die. You know, I, I mean, that's how I look at it. So it's uh, it's different. They talk in the Southwest about how it's a dry heat, and we've got the humidity here. And I know that everything works differently, but uh, you know, I don't care. Dry, high humidity, whatever. Hot is hot. Hot is hot. I can tell you, when I was in the Navy, I was stationed in Lamore, California. And anybody that doesn't know where Lamore, California is, it's in the Central Valley, in the farm country, thirty miles south of Fresno. There's nothing within 50 miles of Lemoore except for Fresno and Hanford, California, at Visalia. They're all farm towns. They're, you know, and we're not talking Iowa farm. We're talking lettuce, right. produce, that kind of stuff. When you're, it's 120 on the flight line and you got an F 18 blowing the exhaust off you, you're cooking. I mean, you're, you're basically you're, you're going from rare to medium rare. So hot is hot, but then if you add the humidity into it, that's where it just, the, humi- the hot's bad enough, but then the humidity is what really zaps the energy because it pulls all that moisture out of you because your body needs to release. Your body's got to be able to keep itself cool, obviously. Let me let me ask you this, and this is getting back to the HVAC system and, and the air conditioners that people have in their houses. Is it starting to get that hot? We have talked on this podcast before about the type of filters that you have in there mm-hmm. and the uh, the allergy filters and the ones that are designed to remove all of the particles in there, and they don't suck air through as well. Mm-hmm. Would this be a time to get? a filter that is designed to let air flow through easier to keep things moving better? Absolutely. You know, I'll throw him under the bus. I don't care. Mike Holmes, Holmes on Homes, you know, he's got his AD channel or whatever channel that he does his home improvement show on. Oh, by the allergy gold, Merv 23 will stop everything, you know, including air. And that's kind of my joke with it. It's like, <laughs> it's the greatest filter ever. Yeah, unless you're the HVAC guy. And you go, yeah, it's stopping everything, including air. So... What I tell customers is we sell a lot of filters. We do a lot of four-inch filters. A lot of the standard you go by the stores are 11 to 13 MERV, which the MERV is the resistance on the filter. I'm not a big fan of MERV. MERV's restriction. It's kind of like me wearing an N95 and a double face mask. I like to breathe. I'm just going to call it for what it is. Right. <laughs> so, so if you're running a MERV 13 filter, your AC system 
is going to have a harder time breathing, is going to have a hard time functioning, pushing air out to the location. So we, you know, we'll generally do a MERV-8 or a MERV-10, you know, which is a lower efficiency rating on the filter, but still rated for 99%. You know, we're talking decimal points here. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to filtrate everything that you need to do but not choke the system to get the maximum operation. And it's at extreme times when this stuff comes up. It's like when it's negative 30 outside. And, you know, we see that about once every five years. When it hits it, everybody knows it. And you find out where you have problems with your system at extreme times. I'm uh, obviously just a a novice and know very, very little about the technical stuff about what it is that you do. So some of these questions, I'm I'm sure you'll feel it are pretty simple, but I'm guessing other people may have the same idea. If your air conditioner is struggling to keep up because it's just so hot outside, is there any benefit at all to say setting up some fans to just move things around a little bit better? Is that not going to have any effect at all? You know what? I'm a huge, I'm huge proponent of fans. If you got a bigger house, ceiling fans, I mean, I have a fan in my bedroom. I would love to have a, uh, a ceiling fan, but electrically my house just can't do it. But a word to where you're having an electrician done. If you got 10 foot ceilings or anything like that, summer and winter, having that air circulation, it's going to help keep the house so much more comfortable, period. So I'm a big proponent of that. Um, if you don't have the access to it, you know, if you buy a box fan, listen, been there, done that. I mean, my shop in my shop out at my house, that's all I got at my shop. I got a 36 inch fan. And that's I don't have air conditioning in the shop, but that's what we use to circulate. We keep the humidity down. It's pretty comfortable to work in the facilities. So air movement is a huge proponent. I mean, you know, let's say back in the, you know, back in the olden days, or like when I was growing up in the 70s and we didn't have air conditioning in the farmhouse, well, you know what? It's pretty nice to help in the window and have a breeze or, hey, you know, we do have a box fan we could put in the window. It made it livable so you could at least sleep. Well, you know. Now we're spoiled today, and everybody's got AC, and you're going to die without it. But I guess if that answers your question, yes, I'm a big proponent of things. I grew up in the same kind of house that we actually didn't have vents in the bedrooms upstairs. No, you there had the gravity, one, gravity of the floor. Yeah, yeah and there was, there was one vent that was in the bathroom upstairs, and <laughs> everyone else, there was nothing. I would wake up in the mornings in the wintertime, and there would be frost on the inside of the windows, and yeah. <laughs> I could yeah. see my breath. You know? yeah, it's 40 degrees. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's, it's pretty chilly. And in the summertime, it would be really, really hot. And things are better now. But with the kind of heat that you're talking about, you know, this is, you need to prepare for this. And, and we talk about this on Bluffs Country with you uh, uh, when because you sponsor one of our weather forecasts. And we talk about that service plan that you have yep. that uh, makes it so you're going to be scheduled to come out and, and inspect uh, people's air conditioner in their furnace. So if there is any kind of problem, which they may not even know about yet because yeah. it hasn't gotten bad enough for them to be able to detect it, you can and they can get it fixed at a much less expensive, when it's a less expensive problem than when something breaks and then causes more things to break. Well, it's like anything else, preventive maintenance, you know, you're either proactive or you're reactive. Mm-hmm. You know, proactive people do their maintenance, have their scheduled checkups, 
You know, they, they plan ahead accordingly. If you're reactive, you wait till, oh, the oh shit happens. And Lord knows that's never happened. So it's kind of like Brian Ferentz in the Iowa offense. You know? Oh, here we shit, go. here we go. Spencer Peters is throwing the ball again. It's like, sorry, but uh, no. It, you know, there are preventive maintenance program. We come out twice a year. Uh, furnace season, AC season. I don't say spring and fall because, you know, we're doing tune-ups in January. We're doing tune-ups in July. I mean, you know, it's a matter of getting the stuff checked, making sure it's operational. It's kind of like your car. You don't have your car necessarily on a – I mean, a lot of people have a 3,000 or 5,000-mile interval. For me, I could put 5,000 miles on in 30 days, yeah. depending on what I'm doing. You know, there's other times it's four months. Well, when it's time to do it, you, you do it. With We try to schedule a little bit more. We try to be proactive with it, but we've always got that customer. Hey, I know I'm. Re- they're calling March 1st when there's snow on the ground. Say, hey, I know I'm in a maintenance plan, but I want to make sure that I have it checked by the end of the month. Don't mind that we got a foot of snow on the ground, but as soon as you guys are doing it, I want to be like your first one. So we have them customers, right? Um, which is fine. But yeah, we try to you know schedule it, and we do a six-month interval. So you know, let's say we do your... AC in May, then we'll generally come back and we'll try to schedule a six-month interval to month of November. So just because you haven't had your furnace checked out of your AC, doesn't mean you can't turn it on. As long as you're getting checked. Now, if you turn it on and it don't work, then call. But, you know, I, I hate to say the word common sense because I'm not sure how much common sense there is in this world, but you have to just, you have to use some rational thinking, you know, when you're doing this. So I, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, the common sense part. Oh, yeah. Well, and I've noticed too that where I uh, where I live, and you know where I live. I, I I sold my house last year, and I live in an apartment now, and it's yeah. an old building, yes, and I live is. upstairs. And when it's really hot outside, it's not as cool up there. Even though I haven't changed the thermostat, it's not as cool. And it's like you talked about because the distance that it's traveling, it's actually probably working harder and better because it's moving the temperature further mm-hmm. than it would otherwise but i can tell that if it's hot outside it's just the air conditioner is not going to do the same thing yeah then sometimes you have the opposite effect too that where if we have a real hot spell and your ac runs for a week and it's just because it's 95 during a day or 100 during a day and it's 80 78 80 degrees at night and so the thing's run the entire time you know because the house feels great it's whatever and then it gets down to you know, 80 degrees for a high temperature and then it stops running and you notice the humidity in the house. My wife is notorious. Why is the air conditioner not working? Cause the temperature dropped 20 degrees outside. Well, does that mean it should run? I said, if it don't need to, if it ain't running, we're not pulling the humidity out of the house. Oh, so, you know, <laughs> and that's why in this climate, and I will tell you the one of the biggest things that's overlooked in this climate, but we're starting to see more of it is dehumidification. So, I mean, you, you can go to Home Depot, you can go to Menards, you can go wherever and buy a portable dehumidifier, but there's a lot of prices that are what they call whole house dehumidification where you can hook it into the duct system because humidity is the biggest culprit to HVAC. It, it's the biggest culprit to the comfort of your home. So if you can control the humidity in the summertime and the wintertime, you want to be 76, okay. The humidity is at 45, or 45%. Most people that like it that warm, that's fine. They don't need it to be 68 degrees in the house, but they want to be comfortable. You keep that humidity down 50% below, at 50% or below, that feels pretty good. That humidity climbs up to 60%, house starts feeling a little bit sticky. So 
Whole house dehumidification is overlooked. People try to go cheap on it. I get it. Been there, done that. But uh, there's price if you really want to do it. You know, invest in a good HVAC system when you upgrade. But if you're not looking at dehumidification, you really should because you're missing out on a more comfortable house. And um, probably the system would cost you less to operate if you have that humidity under control because a dehumidifier does not cool it, it literally that's what it does it dehumidifies and that's what it's designed to do and a lot of these houses in council bluffs a lot of the older houses and they have the full basements underneath there and their block walls and mm. in the summertime the house that i had smelled very musty in in the in the summertime if i wasn't running that dehumidifier mm-hmm. and i just got it connected and i ran a hose out of it over to the floor drain and that's how it went it, in in Iowa, you know, and I say any of the upper Midwest, but in particular with in Iowa, it's listen what basement basements are not watertight basements, you know, that block leaches humidity in anywhere where air can get in, it's going to leach. So, you know, that humidity part is usually the, one of the biggest complaints, you know, with the equipment. And sometimes it's a matter of size. Sometimes it's a matter of blower speed. Sometimes it's just a matter of, Listen, your house is kind of a leaky sieve and, you know, here's an option to, you know, continuously control that and let the AC do what it does. Obviously dehumidify, but air conditioning, but sometimes you need that extra component. And I can tell you the people that have put in the whole house dehumidifiers, they love them because the house, it changes how the house functions. It changes how the house feels. Yes, is an investment. Yeah. But, you know, if you want your house to, you know, feel like good in July... It, it 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 it's a benefit. I guess is the way I would look at it. Well, the moral of the story: with the heat coming, uh, make sure that uh, your air conditioner can breathe. Yeah. And uh, working optimally, and uh, get signed up for Travis's service plan because uh, it's it's going to be the most inexpensive way for you to have that peace of mind and know that uh, everything is working correctly. And if he finds a problem, you can get it fixed before it becomes more expensive. Yep. And then also stock up on your gold bond and your underwear. And <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be that kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Waldstein, Air Serve Heating and Air Conditioning. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. Stay as cool as you can and uh, keep all of those folks you got working for you healthy, too. We'll try to do that. Thank you, sir. And thank you for listening to this episode of Circle of Trades. Back again next week with another episode, and we will do our very best to make sure that the right audio is loaded. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, take care.